right. Welcome to the North Point Plus plot. <laughs> North <laughs> Point Plus podcast. I am your guest host, Brent Conlon. I'm with uh, Pastor Rick Rubel today. <laughs> um, Brent is my friend, and um, I'm glad you're here. Appreciate you're wearing that. you're wearing blue. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not a Michigan fan. Oh, you're not. No. No. You're just an anti-Ohio State fan. Correct. As everybody should be. <laughs> ouch. Ouch, ouch. Not everyone. Uh, someone asked if God was an Ohio State fan. And I said, certainly Ohio State's colors are scarlet mm. and gray. Mm. So uh, just like... Anyway. Uh, so yeah. Um, hey, you know what? Before we jump in, uh, we are what? Episode... This is episode 63... 63 is a good one. Yep, and we are into the uh, book. We're 10 weeks, 11 This, weeks? this is, uh, I, someone asked me today, because I, yesterday I said unit 11, and it's actually unit 10. Yeah. Is what we started yesterday. Okay, so but, unit 10 of the book, uh, Experiencing God. Hey, product placement, good stuff. Hey, um, before we jump in, uh, are you comfortable telling a little bit of your story? Because we've had some hosts who have been followers of Jesus and people at North Point a really long time. Not so much for you. Correct. Yep. So I've been coming to North Point since probably last February. Uh-huh. Um, follower of Jesus for a little less than two years, baptized for a little more than one. Um, so, yeah, I would say pretty new to this life. Um, loving it. Love, so, this, love this church. Um, it, so we said when we talked about you hosting that uh, you would bring a different kind of quality to the questions saying, what in the world are you talking about? So feel free to, as we get talking, to do that. So, yeah. yeah. I intend to. <laughs> good. <laughs> good, good, good. So um, before we get into the questions, you want to talk a little bit about the sermon from Sunday? Sure. The um, So we're in Experiencing God talking about how we see God working all around us, and um, and how we can join Him in that work. Talked about lots of different, um, really nuances of that uh, over the last ten weeks. Uh, this week we really talk about uh, talked about God's will in the church, and so how does it look as a church for us to respond to how God's working around us? Uh, what's that mean for us as a church? Um, as a localized church, to live that out and experience God. So that that's the big picture that we were talking about, and um, the the thing that I said yesterday, and and I actually kind of wrestled with the wording of this, but I'm convinced of it now more than ever. And that's that if we really want to experience God um, at a whole different level, um, it that's going to happen in the context of the church. It's um, when we just try and live in isolation as a spiritual hermit or whatever, th that, that we think, yeah, I don't really need the church. We miss um, seeing God work. We miss being a part of his plan at, at a, at a, um, on, a, on a grand level. I think we miss that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, it, I mean, it seems as though it's everywhere in the Bible um, uh, that, the body of Christ was just so important. I mean, you refer to him at uh, the church as Jesus's spouse, essentially. Yeah, yeah the bride. Mm -hmm. The bride. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I really got a lot from what you had to say yesterday. Oh, good. So um, are you ready to take some questions? Yep, sure. Bring them on, baby. Right, so before we get into the questions from the actual book, 
The first question I had myself, so I was glad that somebody brought that up, and that is, uh, is North Point Church service still available online? That's being asked just because I, th- I think, well, I know you miss Mark. We do. And uh, so do I. <laughs> and, uh, and I feel uh, if you're watching, I'm glad to be sitting in your seat today, Mark. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been harder to find some of the... Um, I, I listen to the sermons and the podcasts a lot when I'm working. It's been harder to find some of the recent uh, sermons. Yeah, yeah, we made some mistakes um, when, when Mark left, and he left very detailed instructions on how to do things. Instructions are not the same thing as Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you if I spiritualize that, I'd say there's a there's a lesson for us in there that. Uh, the written word is really important, but we need the Holy Spirit along with us to show us what that looks like. So Mark left us lots of written word, video, that kind of thing that was really helpful. But um, we've had some glitches. I think one of his first two weeks we had the power go out, <laughs> and um, that wasn't anything that we anticipated in terms of just understanding all the things that he had done. And so we've, we've had some struggles. I think everything is back up, and I think all of our—I um, think everything that— we have produced since Mark left is all available. You can go back to it. The easiest place to look is on the North Point YouTube channel. Um, and then you can scroll back through and get all the North Point Plus and the messages on the app. You can go to the media tab on the app and you can bring up the messages uh, for the entire series as well. Cool. Yeah, I think it was really just last week's service that was kind of harder to find. Well, the, uh, I don't know about finding it. I know we had one week that we had some audio issues uh, oh. uh, on the first half of the of the um, um, uh, the first half of the, half of the live stream and we we were able to do a fix kind of midway through, but uh, yeah. Keep searching. <laughs> Holler, send us an email. We'll we'll get you there. Cool. Appreciate it. Uh, so okay, question number 2. Um so the workbook question is from uh, Unit 8, Day 5, page 175. If you're looking at your book, question 9, um, which option do you think indicates an accurate representation of our church as a whole? Do you or the elders, the, the staff, uh, agree? Um, and that question was, uh, is your church known in your community as a house of prayer? Is your church a praying church? Which do you think is true? Check one of them, several options. Um, you want me to read those options? Yeah, no, you know what? I want you to answer the question. I suppose uh, I don't have a lot of perspective on it. I think of this as a house of prayer. Cool. Um, I would like to know what you think about that. <laughs> that was a good dodge. <laughs> don't put me on the spot. Just let me ask the questions, Rick. I'm here to ask uh, questions. Um, so, so the options that were there, the, the question was really was about the church and, and whether we're a, a praying church. So um, option A was our church is widely known as a praying church. Option B was our church is becoming a praying church, becoming a praying church, but we have a long way to go. Option C, our church prays some, but not very effectively. We need to become a praying church. D, honestly, our church doesn't know how to pray. Our church needs to become a praying church. Um, out of my workbook, I actually answered um, C. I think that we have pockets of people who pray, who pray very consistently and very intently, and um, and there is lots of um, there. Are, I think that there are a lot of people praying and interceding for the staff for the church as a whole. Um, the but we have 
such a long way to go, and I don't think that that is necessarily something that's characterized us as a church. And that, that I think, probably falls on, on my shoulders, on the, on the elder shoulders, but on all of our shoulders as well, that we just need to be more committed to, um, to talking to God about every aspect of our lives. So, yeah, it's an area that we can grow. And I think that I think I, I think I'm speaking for staff and elders. I think that that, that would be consistent with their perspective as well, that, um, that we can we have a long way to go. And, and I guess the ideal that you would think as a praying church, what does that look like? That you know, that's a that's a great question because I think everybody's perception is probably different, um, and so the, um, people uh, people who don't pray at all would say, "Oh man, you guys pray all the time," and there are lots of people praying. People who pray all the time would say, "Oh, we don't pray nearly enough," and um, I and so I think. It, it, it is at some level some uh, a perspective, a question of perspective, but I think that we can we can grow just in terms of how we communicate what what needs to be prayed for and um, and praying together for things. All right. Um, next question. Yeah. Um, the workbook question, unit nine, day two, uh, where Blackby states that affirmation comes after obedience. How do we process this in a world that uses affirmation as a catalyst to forward momentum? Yeah, um, so, th- so this question was really in the, in the um, unit about obedience. And, and Blackby makes the case to say that when we obey, that we receive the affirmation of God after we actually obey. When we do what God tells us to do afterwards, God kind of gives us the attaboy way to go that you're absolutely on track. Um, we live in a world, though, that wants um, affirmation before we take that step. We want, we want to say, oh, yeah, you're doing the right thing. 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 Go do the right thing. And God doesn't always do that. God says, this is what I want you to do. And then sometimes he just goes quiet and, um, and waits for us to either obey or not obey. And when we do, afterwards we're able to say, oh, that's, here's the blessing that comes from God as a result of being obedient. Or here's the next step that God has taken us to um, as a result of our being obedient. But we live in a world that wants that ahead of time so that there's um so that it takes kind of the the faith out of it sure yeah yeah i mean yeah i i don't have a follow-up question to that is exactly what i was thinking yeah. I, it's a it's a different world nowadays and it's the way that we motivate people seems to go directly against the idea of faith yeah i i, I do think that we um that we want to um we want to know that we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want the guarantee that we're doing the right thing. Or and that it's going to work out if we do the right thing. Or that it's going to work out, yeah. And, and so that's that whole obedience piece. Uh, when, when we know that, it's not really obedience. It's like, oh, yeah, duh. No. Um, but, the, um, but the process of obeying God without knowing what the end result is, without... Um, without 18,000 signs that say, oh, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. 
that's when we exercise that, I, I've said all along that when we do that, when we obey, we begin to recognize God's voice more clearly, and then it becomes easier to say yes in the future, and that God just affirms that over and over again. Yeah, I mean, it seems maybe it's kind of how easy it would be to have faith if you always knew things were going to work out the way you were hoping. Yeah, but but then it wouldn't be faith. That's not faith. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Right. Um, one second, next question here, Rick. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, this was an interesting question. I was thinking about this when you were talking yesterday, too, and that is... Um, well, actually, I was skipping one there. <laughs> I'm going to skip it and go to the one that I was just thinking about. Okay. Which is, uh, so how does determining the vision of North Point work if the vision isn't Rick's? Um, so... Which you were clear about. Yeah. It, um, and it was one of those things that I thought, boy, this this message could be much, much longer <laughs> than it was. Um and, and it really is just murky because there's a balance. And even when you work through this unit this week, um, as you work through through this unit about God's will in the church, Blackby says that there's a balance between um, understanding that God does work through the leadership of the church. He does work through the pastor and, and, and how that gets lived out. But it's not like everything comes down through the pastor um, the Latin term ex cathedra that you know you stand in the seat and and everything channels down through through the lead pastor in practical terms for us at North Point um, I I try and have lots of conversation with lots of people in lots of places to sense what God's doing um, we have conversation as a staff about directional kinds of things before we go there um, that then ultimately goes to the eldership, and and the eldership will have conversations there, and the elders may have um, directional kind of things to say. Boy, we really sense that God is doing this, and so we need to, but we need to proceed that way. Um, and so it's not um, the 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 um, a, a real practical piece is uh, the, what I told at the end of the message, and we'll we'll talk about this a little bit later. I think. The, the this opportunity that's there in Kenya to help um, build a school, plant a church, and to help um, you know the the kingdom of God go in a place where it's not there right now, uh, which is a just a really really cool opportunity. Um, God worked in a lot of different ways to connect us with Stadia and with Missions of Hope International with Moe. Um, it's, that's not something that we pursued. It's not something that I said, oh, let's go to Africa and figure this out. There were a lot of individual pieces that got us to the point that we even began to talk. And that then we said, does it make sense for Jake and I to go and check this place out? Is that something that God could be calling us to? And because it was consistent with what God has done in the past at North Point, in our partnership with Stadia and Compassion, it made sense to to check it out. So we went to Kenya, met with the people there, heard about what God is doing through them, and there, there for both Jake and I, there was this just clear sense: if there's a way that we can that we can join them, we want to do that. Um, our finances are not in the place that we could just write a check, and so we began to say, "Okay, God." Um, how do you, how do you, how, how might we be involved? Talk to the elders about it. And when we talked in the elders and prayed about it, there seemed to be a consensus from the elders to say the Great Commission 
taking the gospel to every corner of the world, that, um, that's, uh, we have an opportunity to do this in a way that would honor him and that would reach people. And so we talked about it. And ultimately, it really does come back to the congregation for whether, whether you all, there you are, um, for whether you all have uh, a sense of, yeah, we need to be involved in this. Because if uh, our level of involvement, we still could go and visit and support individually, that kind of thing. But in terms of, of having a little corner of Kenya that, that North Point has a presence in, that'll depend on, on whether or not the finances are there to help do that, to help build the school and the church, to help support the pastor, to help, um, to help uh, sponsor kids that are there. And so um, the, the great thing is for me, um, it takes a lot of the burden off my shoulders um, in terms of, I'm not comfortable um, as 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 much as I know God and want to know God. I'm certainly not infallible, and so I'm not. I've just never been comfortable saying, "Oh yeah, this is absolutely everybody do this," uh, because sometimes that doesn't happen. You know, sometimes you lead and people don't follow, and then you have to say, "Okay, is that?" A problem for me as a leader? Did I just not communicate well, or is God just not in it? And um, and so I think that there is this collective sense for us as a congregation where we say, "Oh yeah, th- this is absolutely what we need to do." Um, you, you can talk to me at any point in time, so I don't just keep talking. Well, I've got a question. I mean, back <laughs> okay. to the beginning of that question. Okay, uh, so. And I guess it goes to show a little bit about where I'm at yeah. in my process, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks this. Yeah. I'm waiting for God to speak directly to me, obviously. Yeah. I, I haven't had that experience. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, questions like this where um, um, determining the vision of North Point, and as you said, it's 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 God's vision. It's, it's right. not Rick Rubel's vision. Right. Um, so when you meet with the elders, I mean— when you guys get together and have discussions about um, mm-hmm. the path the church is going, is this? Do you guys discuss things? Do you then put it in prayer? Do you say we'll get we'll reconvene next week? We're going to pray on this, yeah. um, and then um, it's a collective as to how they feel that God is moving and 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 steering people. Yeah. Um, we, so we meet uh, on the on the first and third Tuesdays of every month. So we meet essentially every other week. And on, on almost any decision that we have, where we have to make a decision that's not just a, um, the kind of thing, is, is this something that we've planned for or not planned for, but any, any kind of directional thing, we'll talk about that um, and come back and talk about it and, and pray together that night, but then go back home, come back several weeks later, two weeks later, talk about it. We may pray about it more. We may it may be another two weeks before we go there, or sometimes much longer. Like we've we've got one uh, conversation that we've been having and praying about a lot that started three and a half years ago, um, and so it's just been a constant process of saying, God, where are you in this? Um, the you know it's funny talking about this just as as I'm listening to myself talk um, before you around a. In uh, 2018, at Christmas, I think it was, 
yeah, it was 2000, it might have been 2019, I can't remember. If you've been around North Point that long, um, you'll remember that, that um, we made a decision as a leadership to, um, to pay off about $3.8 million in medical debt of people who couldn't pay off their debt. And um, through, we were able to work with an organization and take money that we had available that had been given to help meet needs and, um, and we were able to pay off $3.8 million worth of medical debt, which was a really, really cool thing. My regret looking backwards, that was a decision, that, like that was an idea that I felt like, oh man, this is from God. I, and I went to the elders and we talked about it and prayed about it. And the elders said, oh yeah, this is an opportunity we have to take, have to take advantage of. But we never communicated it to the body until after we had already made the decision it was done. And, um, and it, when I look back in retrospect, um, that's something that I regret because I think it could have been a much bigger win for the church had people been able to pray about that, had people been able to say, oh, yeah, God's in this. Um, and, and who knows, you know, the impact might have been, been even greater than it was. Had we, had we done that. And like you said, it's not a democracy, so it's no. not like the church is voting on these ideas. Correct, yeah. But I'm sure you have conversations with plenty of the yeah. members. Yeah, and, and it's, um, uh, this is, you know, I, I would say, um, I would say, I just in terms of asking for people to pray, I would say, um, pray, for, pray for me, pray for the elders, whatever, because you have to just try and discern okay what scriptures say what what is god's will in something and then what is the what is the um what is it that we're hearing from people as well in terms of god moving in that and sometimes it's on opposite ends of the spectrum it's um and so you have both people in circumstances that point one direction and people in circumstances that point the other direction and you have to try and make sense of that um, in in praying to God and saying, God, help me, just give me great discernment, give the elders discernment, give the staff discernment, uh, life group leaders discernment. Um, I'm so grateful right now. Um, right now, we're actually, uh, Deb and I are leading two different life groups going through Experiencing God, and I'm incredibly grateful because it has really doubled the people that I'm involved with that are processing experiencing God and it and it's just given a, a greater perspective on what God's doing and 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 what people are hearing through the process cool all right well I appreciate that um the question that we skipped over we're gonna yeah. go back to I think it uh, might have been uh well, let me just read it. Workbook question number two, can you unpack the difference between confirmation and affirmation in a biblical sense? Yeah. I, um, I, that, so this is kind of a follow-up to that question yeah. about, yeah. Um, about um, affirmation that comes after obedience and then the difference between confirmation and affirmation. I, w- I would say it this way. Confirmation comes in the process of making the decision that that when we're being obedient to God and having conversations with people and someone says, oh man, God's teaching me this, and somebody else says, God's teaching me this, and it's the same kind of thing that, I, that I'm dealing with or that you're dealing with, that, that, that there's a confirmation that comes, yeah, this is what God is speaking to me about, or this is where God is leading in this. And that confirmation happens in the process of making that decision. 
the affirmation, the difference that I would distinguish between confirmation and affirmation is that the affirmation comes after we're obedient, and that's when when we're able to see the hand of God that says, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's so cool that you obeyed. That's so, you know, th- this is what the next step is. This is the blessing that's going to come as a result of that. This is how I'm going to sustain you, even if it's a difficult time in your obedience. That That's all happening together. Is affirmation only a positive thing? Um, I'm thinking so. What are you thinking? I mean, sometimes you make a mistake. You didn't follow God's will, and He will affirm that. He will affirm that you stepped out of line. That's true. But again, that's going to be call that affirmation, though. Um, uh, maybe affirmation that you were charting your own course and not listening to God. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, Next question. Um. We've got ten questions today. So you must this, have uh, this is actually you like, struck a nerve yesterday. Uh, well, this is actually, I think, the highest number of questions that we've had in almost a year. So it's probably the second highest total ever, which means I either did really well or really poorly <laughs> yesterday to produce so many questions. Um, all right. Well, the next question is... Uh, why doesn't North Point support more social events encouraging I need my readers yeah e- encouraging interaction of members and the chance to invite others without a sermon or a Bible study um, and I was thinking about this one too when I was reading this um, last night I, when I'm in Indiana I go to another church down yeah there. great church uh, crossroads church and they do some of this um, at the park down in Mishawaka, they have a like a booth set up, and they're there all the time. Um, I don't know. They have hot dog cook-offs. They do different things, but they're just constantly trying to invite the community in in a way that doesn't scare people off. I think, yeah, I mm-hmm. think is the the idea. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what they're getting at here, right? Well, either that or ice cream socials. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the concert. Well, that wasn't really at the church that put that concert on. Yeah, the the. Um we don't, uh, on many areas of ministry at North Point, we kind of operate to say, um, if God's in it, he's going to provide leadership for it, and um, and there's going to be confirmation that comes through that process. So for a lot of things, because we've not had um, leadership for things, we, we haven't done those. Um, it's funny, as a person who has, who has um, been in the church for a lot of years, um, there are different um, cultures different now than it was once upon a time. And, um, and so church is not the social hub that it was, you know, decades ago. Um, trying to figure out what that looks like is um, how, how we can be the church. That, uh, one of the phrases that I use a lot is how we can be the church for the community before the community knows it needs a church. Um, how is it that that you know the neighbors, the people who live in DeWitt, who live in St. John's, would say, you know what? If ever I go to if ever I go to a church, I want to go to North Point. Um, the, I think a lot of our community impact kind of things have been that that doesn't necessarily create um, a lot of internal interaction among the body that that allows people to to uh, get to know other people. Um, it's an area where we can grow. I, I think part of our model in terms of life groups, um, that, that that's the place where people really get to know people because it's not about 
knowing 200 people. It really is about knowing 10 or 15 people that, that really know what's going on in your life and, and, and um, that you're really able to share with. And so it's great. Like for me, I'm an extrovert. Um, you're an extrovert. Uh, and, and so it's great to have lots of venues, like when we did lunch on the lawn during the summer, where where we had some food trucks here and people just had a chance to eat together and hang out. I love that. Um, people who are not extroverts say, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that if you make me. I don't, i just as soon go home and, and you know, hang out with my, with my family, with my people, or whatever it is. So figuring that out is a, is a challenge. And I would just say, um, if God has, if God gives you a burden to do uh, some of those things for the church, and we can figure out how to do it in a way that brings people together, uh, that's cool, that's fun, that's creative, that's compelling to people, um, that's, uh, we're all about that. We'd love to do that. We'd love to help people connect with each other. Yeah, and I think we'll get into this in one of these next couple of questions. But and you mentioned if there was leadership for it. I mean, yeah, for people out there who are wondering how they can serve the church. Yeah, um, I mean that's something that if they felt something they they had an idea for how they could help the church yeah. with something like this, they should come to you or come to others in the yeah. church about yeah. this. Sure, ab- absolutely. Talk. Uh, depending on what it is, um, not that uh, we're going to do it necessarily, but yeah, uh, bring the ideas forward. Yeah, absolutely, and and then let's figure out if, if we can make it happen. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, let's see. We're on number seven. Yeah. See where God is working in the body of Christ, which is the church. Um, how do we know what the needs are in this church? I don't know where. I think I might have. No, I read it correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's along those same lines. Yeah. How, how do we how know? How do we know what the church needs from us? Um, well, not just what the church needs from us, but what the needs are that exist in the in the church body. Uh, you know, whether right. they're With the um, whether they're financial needs or um, mentoring needs or um, opportunities. That needs needs to be able to take first steps, those kinds of things. Um, the the uh, I don't want to oversimplify, and sometimes it feels like a, a a little bit of a dodge. But the the whole life group thing is is a really critical thing. Um, the there are needs within the church, and sometimes they bubble up to life group leaders. Sometimes they bubble up to staff or um, to the elders, or whatever. And and oftentimes for me, like when I hear about a need, I'm constantly thinking, God, who is it that might be drawn to that particular need? Who might have the resources to be able to help meet that need? Who might who might um, just be waiting, you know, for for um, the opportunity to, to jump into that? And so um, you can let us know needs uh, um, r- real directly through through the welcome books, you know, uh, or through the app. There you can you can do that and let us know. Um, somebody actually a question that I that I didn't cycle through to you, but somebody used the app notes questions to send me a, a, a prompt to say, hey, can I get involved in helping some of the people that you mentioned that that have needs? for somebody to go see them, to take care of them that are in, in different kinds of facilities. That's, that's a cool thing. And so there's uh, the, the real practical things in terms of 
communicating needs to us, you can do that through info at northpointcc.org, through the email address. You can do that up through your life group leader. Um, a lot of times needs that do, um, that do arise get taken care of at the life group leader level or at the life group level, which is a really cool thing and another good reason to be in a life group. Absolutely. Um, all right. Next question. Uh, have you ever offered a spiritual gifts inventory uh, test to help the church body to learn more about their God-given gifts and how they can use them in the ministry of our church? That's a great question. That is. And a class in high school. I think I can say that um, uh, since I've been here, I don't know that we have done that. Um, and that makes me... Do churches do this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not an uncommon thing for a church to have everybody fill out a spiritual gifts inventory and, um, and then to kind of put together a book that says, okay... We've got this person who has the gift of helps, somebody who, who just really, really gets energized by helping people you know, move things or um, do things. We've got this, the, these, this group of people who have the spiritual gift of compassion or the spiritual gift of giving or, or whatever it is, and, um, and they'll do that. So um, where I am in my in my in my service to the kingdom, in my service to Jesus as a, as a pastor, one of the things that I think has happened in churches that I've been at in the past that have, that have done this is you collect all that information and, and everybody expects that. It's kind of what I mentioned in the message yesterday. Everybody expects, oh, somebody's going to ask me to do whatever. Somebody's going to ask me to work with kids. Somebody's going to ask me to, to uh, help move people. Somebody's going to ask me to to create a food pantry or a clothing pantry or something like that that comes from that. It's, it's just, it's very difficult um, to manage that um, without God being in it and it happen, happening organically. So the, so the challenge that I, would, that I would give you, that I would say, that this is a great question, but the challenge to everybody who's listening, it would be to do your own spiritual gifts inventory and, and then say, God, what do you want me to do with that? And to take the initiative individually rather than to think corporately, oh, we need to do this and figure out where everybody fits. To, to, to personally take the responsibility to say, God, how have you gifted me? How have you wired me um, uniquely? What are the spiritual gifts that you've given me and how can I, how can I use them in the body? So how do you do that, right? Um, if you go online, there's, there are lots of tools that you can do. One of them that I brought up is, is just um, the website is www.giftstest.com, giftstest.com. And you answer a whole bunch of questions, and then at the end of it, and it's free, and, and at the end of it, you, um, it'll say, oh, God has given you the spiritual gift of whatever it is of leadership or teaching or whatever. Um, and, and then you can begin to look at that and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do with that? How can I use that at North Point? How can I use that in the community? How can I use that to honor you? That, that's, that's a different, it's an upside down perspective of saying, okay, you've got my, you, you have my results. Help me find a place. And I want to help you find a place. But 
I want you to take the initiative to say, here's what I think God is telling me. Um, you know, when I did this test and I answered these questions, it was like, oh, that there was like a spark about this particular thing. I, you know, I'd like to start a ministry to, to um, uh, homeless people or a, a ministry to, um, to orphans. Uh, you know, I, I want to do foster care, something like that. And then, man, I would love to help provide some some resources to help you take that step and to see that God might be multiplying that throughout the congregation. But but take the personal initiative to do that, because that I, I would say that's how I ended up in ministry. It, it really was saying, OK, God, how have you gifted me and and how can I use that in the kingdom? And I can I could have used that as a volunteer leader in a in a church and had a had a job in the marketplace. Um, but when I asked that question, when Deb and I talked about that and, and had prayed about it, it it just like was like, oh yeah, this is what we're supposed to do. God, you've prepared us for this. You've equipped us for it. This is a step we need to take. Yeah. And how long had you been in ministry before you became a lead pastor? Oh goodness. Um, I started in ministry in, let me think, it would have been about 1980 in some kind of role, and uh, I didn't become a lead pastor until 2014, so 34 years. How long were you, because you did, you had other jobs too for a while, right? How yeah, long? I was, I, w- I was a, I was a, um, I was doing ministry, I was a pastor, yep. but just not a lead pastor role, yep. so I, um, I uh, all that time, the only time that I wasn't a uh, pastor in a church, per se, was the time, that, the four years that I taught at the college, okay. and I was training people to do ministry at that point in time, yeah. Did you love that? Yeah, it was really fun, but, it, but um, I had been impacted so significantly while I was in college by people who poured into me and really taught me ministry. I, I learned more about ministry traveling and doing ministry like um i two different summers i was in a group that um we left on may 10th and we got back to school on september 3rd or something like that 90 days we were on the road every night we stayed in somebody's home Um, every night we did a program at a a church would do maybe uh, seven to ten programs a week um Preach. I, I preached some of those times. I emceed the programs. I put together the programs, that kind of stuff during that time. And the training that we had for that, and then figuring out what it is to live with 18 people for 90 days in a row in, uh, you know, in a 15-passenger van. <laughs> um, lots and lots of ministry lessons. And so I learned, I really learned more about ministry by doing ministry with the groups that I traveled with than I did in the classroom, although the classroom work was so important. It really was. I, I learned more about ministry, um, being with people and and just hearing God speak as we did good and as we messed up. Cool. Oh, we got two more, Rick. Okay. Uh, let's see. Number nine, we are at... Uh, what were the details on how to learn more about the organization in Kenya and the opportunity to build a school and plan a church. Plan a church. Good. Hey, can you give me that camera? Absolutely. Sweet. Now I can talk to you just very directly. How's that? Um, I, I really, really, I want to take just advantage of the time right now to, to 
invite you and to ask you to really do some research on the Kenya thing for how you can be involved and whether or not God is in it for us as a church. So the two resources that I mentioned yesterday, one is North Point Plus Podcast 42. So if you go back to 42, um, Mark and Jake and I talk about the Kenya trip and talk about what we experienced there and what was significant and why it was, uh, why we felt like God was in it for us. And so um, we did that a few weeks after we came back from Kenya, so it was fresh on our minds. And um, so I'd just encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast again and and just see what, what God says to you in that. The other resource that I mentioned is um, Missions of Hope um, International is, is the name of the organization, and their website is, is www.mohiafrica, so M-O-H-I-Africa.org. And that's the website for Missions of Hope. And, um, and, and you can go there and hear um, Mary and Wallace Kamau, the, the founders, the leaders of the organization, talk about what God's doing. Um, you can see video and all kinds of stuff of, of how God is working in the lives of kids. Um, this is an organization that, um, that was started uh, reaching maybe 25 or 50 kids in the slums to just give them an opportunity to learn, to, to just learn, to go to school. That uh, It was an opportunity that they didn't have. Um, they were, they just didn't matter. Nobody cared about them. Government didn't care about them. Um, they just didn't have any opportunity. And so um, Mary really was who started the, the process. And um, that would have been in the early 90s, I think. And so now there's uh, about... Um, 32 churches or 32 schools, uh, uh, churches in most all of those schools that meet in their facilities as well, about uh, 10,000 kids, uh, 20, 22,000 kids. I can't remember exactly what the numbers are, but it's in the, I think in the early 20,000s. Their goal is by 2030, so in the next seven or eight years, um, to have 100 schools and churches reaching 100,000 people, um, 100,000 kids um, in Kenya. Uh, that's, that's a God-sized goal. You know, in experiencing God, when we talk about what's something that only God could do, that's, that's it. And, um, and so our piece in that would really be to, to in this little, in this, um, in this remote area that is desperately poor in Kenya, where the kids don't have any place to go to school, where there's not a church, we have the ability to bring a school and a church to, the, to those people. Um, it's on the Indian Ocean, and, um, and it, it really is an opportunity to do what we had hoped would happen in Ecuador um, when we planted the church there, to have a place that we could go on an ongoing basis. They would love for us to come uh, every year, um, multiple times a year, because when people come from um, when people come from the U.S. Um, in a place like that, um, these people have lived in um, they've they've lived in a world where no one cares about them, where they don't matter. Um, in the in the slums of Nairobi, um, there is there is the um, 
population of Nairobi, which is like four and a half million. And then there is this one mile swath that goes through this whole section of, uh, it's maybe six miles long and I forget what it is, maybe several hundred yards wide. That's, that is um, the, the slums. And everybody who lives there doesn't get counted in the population. They literally don't matter. And so um, what Wallace and Mary have said is when you come, when you come to this area down on the Indian Ocean, on the Indian Ocean where Jake and I were, um, we, she said, what they perceive is that they matter. Because why would people come from another part of the world, from out of our country, come to our place, to our land, to our, um, you know, to our little farm? Why, why would they do that? Because you matter. And so that's, that's the, I mean, that's the hands and feet of Jesus. That's the gospel invading a place and changing everything. And so we, we really have a kind of a unique opportunity that, that I, I, I hope we can embrace. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, the last question that we have is yeah. tied pretty well to that. Yeah. Yeah, I assume that you do. You have anything more that you want to share? Uh, yeah, the the last question said um, I uh, that I had a lot more to say. I said that in the message yesterday, yeah. I, and I was I was uh, getting down and just kind of scanning through my notes and the things I wanted to say. I I think I think I would say this both about Kenya. I, I just talked about Kenya. Um, we we are we are in a place that God has given us so much. And um, and his his God is the God of all resources, and so trying to sense where He is working and joining Him there is a is just a um, I, I'm a big believer in in the principles that are that are being taught in experiencing God. Um, I think that that's true in Kenya, but I think it's also true here in in Dewitt and Lansing and Mid Michigan. As well, and so some of the stuff that I just ran out of time that I didn't really get a, enough time to talk about is there are so many, um, so many needs that are here in the area and in the congregation that that as we take initiative to get to know people and learn what's going on in their lives, that God then allows us to come alongside and to and to join Him in the work that that they're doing. So. Um, in, in a few of the stories that I mentioned yesterday, people, people who are elderly that just need somebody to come and connect with them and love on them. Um, that's, that's a real simple kind of thing that, um, that we should get just so much better at. And not just, not just people at North Point, but, but people in our community that, that, um, that, just don't have anybody. I, I'm convinced. It's it's funny because this is not the way that I've been living for the last couple of years, but there are still people because of COVID who are really isolated, and that that they need someone to come alongside them that they can trust that can that can help them get through all of the all of the uh, implications of the pandemic still and and kind of reconnect with people and rebuild relationships there are lots of people who are uh, who just are living in the wake of broken relationships and as the church we can come alongside them um 
you never ask an open-ended question to me that where I could just talk. I, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but here's here's just a really cool thing that's going on. Um, the uh, I, I think I've mentioned before that I care about football, that I like football and, and sports in general. I, I love it. Um, there's an ad campaign that's going on nationally right now called He Gets Us. It's a black and white sets of ads, 30-second spots. That are that are cool that will that talk about people being uh, um, revolutionaries or people being gang members or that kind of thing, and um, and at the very end it says um, it 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 makes a, a reference to Jesus and says he gets us. Um, we're we have partnered with the people who have created that, and so right now I'm getting probably. I don't know, six, eight, ten messages a week from people who are in our area that um, that are responding to those he gets us ads and saying, oh, man, here's what I'm struggling with Um, just in the last few days. And and they I think probably with the holidays, they're they're running one particular ad about loss, about about death and dying. And, and so I just keep getting um, uh, connection after connection from people who say, um, my daughter died, my parents died, my, you know, a member of my family died, whatever, and are just really struggling. And, um, and so I'm, I'm making connections with those, but, but it, that's one of those things that if we had a, if we had a group of people uh, I guess this is one of the ways that you communicate need. If you'd like to help connect with people, let me know because it would be a great, just a great thing. And and you're able to text with them and text kind of through a third-party deal. So so you're able to be used by God but not abused by anybody through the process and um, and help steer them to resources that, that are available through the church that can help really change um change how they're living their life, which is a really cool thing. Church needs to be the church. That's, uh, that's the bottom line, and that's, um, that's what we want to do. Um, and God works through the church, and so uh, let's do it. I've seen those commercials. So there's a number or something on I think, there? Yeah. People yeah, reach out to him because yeah. you're partnered. Yep. You, get, yeah. you get the communication with people from this area? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's it's and and what's funny is there are not enough churches involved in doing it. So like I'll get I'll get connections from as far away as Brighton, um, up to Mount Pleasant, um, down into Jackson, um, which is that's not really an area that we can do a lot with because of of just the distance. Mm-hmm. But but I've been able to help connect them with churches that are closer to them. That are in their area as well, but then um, some right here in our area too. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we are out of questions. Do you have anything else that uh, anything that you were thinking uh, from the service yesterday? Anything that no. you wanted to add? I don't think so. Uh, um, I've, I think I've kind of woven it into the the um, the things that we've talked about, and ten questions brings it out. So yeah, yeah I think I'm good. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thanks, Mr. Brent, for uh, joining us. And uh, so my question is, are you going to listen to the podcast tomorrow when it comes out? I will nervously. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, more importantly, will we be playing racquetball again this week? Uh, Oh, 
Ah, I hope so. We're we're on uh, we're on Tuesday and Wednesday. I yeah. not Thursday for sure, and probably not Friday. Yeah, it, you uh. you might not know it, but uh, Rick here doesn't just like sports, like watching them. He enjoys playing them, and he's quite competitive. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for watching. Yeah. Thank you.